I'm Samantha Sherris. I'm Virginia Allen. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Friday, April 28th. Here are today's headlines. As we reported earlier this week, President Joe Biden has officially launched his re-election campaign for another four years in the White House. But that's against the backdrop of his lowest recorded approval rating yet. A recent Gallup survey shows that the president's job approval rating among the U.S. public has slipped to 37 percent. Gallup notes that Biden's job approval has been in the low 40 percent range for most of the past 19 months, apart from the current reading and a 38 percent score last July. The economy has likely played a key role in Biden's weak approval rating. According to Gallup, its economic confidence index for April is negative 44, down from negative 38 in March. It was last at this level in October. On a related note, many voters are curious about how the president's age will affect him. Biden is currently 80, making him 82 in 2024 and 86 at the end of his next four-year term if he were to win. Axios reported earlier today that some White House officials say it's difficult to schedule public or private events with the president in the morning, in the evening, or on the weekends. The vast majority of Biden's public events happen on weekdays between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. It looks like the Republicans' debt ceiling bill is facing an uphill battle in the Senate. On Wednesday, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Limit Save Grow Act of 2023. Of course, the debate over America's debt ceiling is ongoing in the nation's capital. But now the Senate has the opportunity to vote on a bill the House just passed. The bill would limit federal spending, save taxpayer dollars, and grow the economy. That's according to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Republican of California. The legislation passed 217 to 215 in the House, but didn't get a single vote from Democrats. Given Democrats' control of the Senate, it's unlikely the bill will pass in its current form. Still, many Senate Republicans are backing it and calling on their Democrat colleagues to do likewise. Tennessee Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn told The Daily Signal that Americans are tired of Washington spending their hard-earned dollars like they grow on trees. What's worse? The left has spent the last two years shoveling out billions of dollars to fund their socialist agenda, including Green New Deal programs, student loan bailouts, and 87,000 IRS agents to target hardworking taxpayers. Blackburn is joined by Wyoming Republican Senator John Barrasso in supporting the legislation. Barrasso told the Daily Signal that Wyoming families need a clean break from the reckless spending of the last two years. This spending led to record high prices, and it's crushing Americans. Barrasso also noted that Congress has taken up meaningful spending reforms with the debt limit eight times in the last 40 years. And he also said that President Biden and Senator Schumer's refusal to negotiate is a doomed mission and not what the American people deserve. Senate Majority Leader Schumer has already said he will not support the GOP bill. Schumer tweeted on Wednesday that the Republican default on America Act is dead on arrival 
in the Senate. The White House has also vowed that Biden would veto the bill if it reached his desk. The bill in its current form proposes lifting the debt limit to $1.5 trillion or through March 31st of 2024, whichever comes first. But without support from Democrats in the Senate, it's unlikely the bill will pass. Congress just has until the beginning of June to come up with an agreement with the White House over the debt limit. So expect to hear more about this debate in the coming weeks. In life-related news, two bills to limit abortion have failed in both Nebraska and South Carolina. CNN reports that Nebraska's Heartbeat Act would have banned most abortions after six weeks, except in cases of rape or incest, or to preserve the mother's life once a heartbeat was detected. Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen said in a statement on Thursday, I am a staunch defender of life and supporter of the Nebraska Heartbeat Act. I am profoundly disappointed in the cloture vote today. It is unacceptable for senators to be present not voting on such a momentous vote. I call on Senator Merv Reapy to make a motion to reconsider and stand by the commitments to life he has made in the past. In South Carolina, a near-total abortion ban also did not pass. The Associated Press reports that lawmakers voted 22 to 21 to shelve a proposed near-total abortion ban for the rest of the year. Republican Senator Sandy Sen said, The only thing that we can do when you all, you men in the chamber, metaphorically keep slapping women by raising abortion again and again and again, is for us to slap you back with our words. NBC News reports that the bill would have banned abortion at conception with exceptions for rape or incest through the first trimester, fatal fetal abnormalities confirmed by two physicians, and to save the patient's life or health. Oregon Democrats have introduced the Right to Rest Act legislation relating to rights of persons experiencing homelessness. According to the bill's text, discrimination of rest allows local governments to redirect resources from local law enforcement activities to activities that address the root causes of homelessness and poverty. KATU Portland reports that the bill allows homeless individuals to sue for up to $1,000 if swept, told to relocate, or otherwise harassed. Earlier this year, an 83-year-old veteran living in Portland told local news outlet KPTV that I felt safer when I was walking around in downtown Saigon when I was in Vietnam than I do here in Portland. We'll keep you all updated on any developments related to this bill. And joining us for her last show as an intern is Elizabeth Troutman. Elizabeth, what news do you have for us today? Thank you, Sam. Russia fired more than 20 cruise missiles and two drones at Ukraine early Friday, leaving at least 23 dead. 21 of the deaths resulted from two missiles slamming into a nine-story apartment building in a city miles south of Kiev, according to the Ukrainian National Police. Victims included two 10-year-old children, a toddler, and a 75-year-old woman in a neighboring building. Another missile attack on the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, was the first in nearly two months. The city government said Ukraine's air force intercepted 11 cruise missiles and two unmanned aerial vehicles over Kiev. The Ukrainian National Police said 17 people were wounded and three children were rescued from the rubble. Nine more were hospitalized. 
the attacks were far from the war's front lines in eastern Ukraine. The Russian Defense Ministry said it aimed the missiles at places where Ukrainian military reserve units were staying before their deployment to the battlefield. Russia's defense ministry didn't mention any specific areas or residential buildings getting hit. Elizabeth, we want to take just a moment before we end the show today to acknowledge and thank you for all of the hard work that you have done this semester here at the Daily Signal over the past about three months, both joining us here on this podcast, uh, but also all of the excellent reporting that you have done, all of the stories, the breaking news stories, the investigative reporting that you have done for the Daily Signal. One of those stories that you have worked on is an interesting one having to do with climate protesters attacking a statue at the National Gallery yesterday. Tell us what's going on there. Thank you, Virginia. The FBI is investigating the climate change alarmists with the group Declare Emergency, who defaced the protective box around Edgar Degas' Little Dancer aged 14 statue at the National Gallery of Art in D.C. yesterday morning. Kaywin Feldman, director of the National Gallery, said, The Federal Bureau of Investigation is assisting in this investigation, which is still active. Museum security guards detained the two declare emergency protesters. The extremists covered their hands in red and black paint to mimic oil and blood, painted the box, and sat down in front of the statue. Joanna Smith, one of the demonstrators, gave a speech in the gallery explaining her peaceful yet unsettling civil disobedience before police detained the two. Declare Emergency planned the art action demonstration in October and waited to carry it out until its April week of action, Declare Emergency spokesman Donald Zapata told the Daily Signal. The vandalism was part of Declare Emergency's April week of action from Earth Day on April 22nd to April 27th. Demonstrations included marches, distribution of flyers, and roadblocks. Zapata said the demonstrations are a conveyance of the desperation he feels about the climate and fossil fuels. Zapata said, The piece The Little Dancer is a much-beloved figure. It is one that is protected in this glass and secure environment. We understand we need to protect our culture and our heritage, and that's great, but at the same time, we are also leaving the rest of us in this unprotected territory because we let the climate emergency get as far as it has. Feldman, the museum director, said the museum unequivocally denounces this physical attack on the art and will continue to share information as it becomes available. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing that story. And we do want to ask, what what are you headed to next? All of our interns here at The Daily Signal come from so many different backgrounds and often are at different points within their education. I know you have a year of school left at Hillsdale College. What is next for you? Thank you, Virginia. This has been such a wonderful internship experience. I'm very sad to see it end, and I highly recommend it to anyone looking for an internship. The Daily Signal is the place to be. Uh, I didn't tell Elizabeth to say that. It's not in the script. It's not in the script. (laughs) Um, This summer, I'm doing an internship at Fox Digital. And then, like you said, I have one more year at Hillsdale, where I'll be a senior, and I will get to serve as editor-in-chief of our student newspaper. So I'm very excited to keep writing. Excellent. Well, Elizabeth, we We are so proud of the work that you have done here, and we're really excited to follow your writing as it continues, especially what an honor to write for Hillsdale's student paper. Not only write for it, you've already been doing that, but to be the editor-in-chief. So huge congratulations to you and on a job very well done here at The Daily Signal. Thank you. 
thank you so much for having me on the show and for being such a wonderful supervisor Aww. this semester. <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. Well, that seems like a great place to leave it on this Friday. Thank you all so much for joining us for the Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us on Monday morning. I'm going to be sitting down with Montana State Representative Carrie Seekins-Crowey to talk about some of the ways that her state is protecting families and children through things like passing legislation to ban transgender treatments on kids and even becoming the first state to ban TikTok. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. We hope that you all have a great spring weekend, and we'll see you right back here on Monday morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.